Hey guys, it's Shara, and you're about to listen to another episode of Style with Shara. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes so far, hands down. Like, Megan really was just so detailed and just so honest about her journey so far in the industry. And I know a lot of you are going to be inspired and just informed just on a different level and a lot of things that she had to say throughout our conversation. Um, So I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy during this time. Hopefully just listening to things like this can actually just keep you inspired and just lift your spirits and just help you focus on the things that we can control during this time. Um, I'm currently working on new episodes that I'll be coming out with very soon. And you can definitely expect a couple more guests while we're in quarantine. Of course, with the stay at home order, I've just been having phone conversations with some guests versus us actually speaking in person. Um, And technology has been wearing me out (laughs) with these phone interviews. Um, It's really, the technology has just been getting on my nerves, y'all. But for the most part, it's definitely been getting the job done. So definitely stay tuned. I've been using this time just to, just to connect with so many different people in fashion. So I definitely didn't want to wait until the pandemic was over. I wanted to make sure that the podcast reflects some of the people and just some of the lessons I've been learning during this time. So stay tuned, listen for these gems that Megan dropped and enjoy this episode. Hey loves, welcome to another episode of Style with Shara. I am your host, wardrobe stylist Shara Green. And y'all, I'm so excited about my guest today. She is joining me from Los Angeles, California. I teased a little bit on the last episode about my guest for this week. She is my hands-down favorite on season one of Amazon Prime's Making the Cut, and she is an amazing fashion designer who is creating high-quality statement-making looks for women with her very own brand called Megan Renee. Thank you so much for joining me, Miss Megan Smith. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yes, I'm happy that you were able. I know our schedules were kind of clashing. I'm glad that we can finally (laughs) sit down and chop it up. Um, So I have so much I want to ask you, but... I want to start, so, like, my favorite movie, which is Brown Sugar. I don't know if you, have you ever seen Brown Sugar? Yes, of course. I've seen it multiple times. Oh, Tay Diggs in there. <laughs> yes, that is, <laughs> yes, I love that movie. That is my favorite. I actually think it's better than Love and Basketball, but that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> but that is, like, my favorite movie, and I love how Sydney always asks, whenever she's interviewing somebody, she always asks, so when did you first fall in love with hip-hop? So I want to take a page from her book, and I want to ask you, when did you first fall in love with fashion? <laughs> uh, I know exactly when I fell in love with fashion. I used to be, like, obsessed with, like, supermodels in the 90s and late 80s, and I remember um, watching George Michael's Freedom video. I don't know if you've oh, seen wow. that. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah with all <laughs> the different supermodels in it, and it yes. was just, like, a bunch of them just lip-singing the song, and, like, they had, like, all these cool little scenes and all these amazing outfits, and I was just like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. I want to, like, dress beautiful women, so... Wow. I think that's when I fell in love with fashion for sure. Okay, yeah, I definitely remember that video. I feel like I want to say I saw that video on like Vogue, like when I first started like like looking at like different fashion blogs and stuff. I saw it and I didn't even honestly know who George Michael was. I don't yeah. know that, but like <laughs> I didn't know who that was, but I just knew I loved that video for that same reason. Anything regarding fashion and clothes, like it didn't matter who it was, I was into it too. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, um, for sure. 
So I do know before you had your own line, you actually designed for several major brands and retailers. So do you mind sharing some of the other brands you've been affiliated with and how has that like helped you and like helped to mold you and prepare you for having your own brand? Um, yeah, definitely. So when I first started in the industry, I was um, an assistant designer for a kids designer for a manufacturer that had accounts with like um, more like budget retailers like JCPenney's, Walmart, okay. things like that. So I was an assistant for a kids designer and I kind of just like worked my way up from there. And then I went from kids to juniors and then I did juniors to women's and then I did plus size and I did athletic wear and I kind of just hopped around from different companies. And I did a lot of private label design for um, Macy's, JCPenney's, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, like every major retailer out there I've done private labels. So I was able to move around a lot and get a lot of experience. And I think that um, definitely helped with me deciding to, you know, branch out and start my own brand is that I knew what customers wanted to buy. And I had so much experience designing for like, you know, middle America, like the the everyday woman that it was easy for me to kind of translate that into my brand. And so that's really how I got my start in the industry. Wow. Okay. So you've had like a little bit of experience in almost every genre. Like, I don't think people realize how different it is to go from kids to juniors to women's like that's totally different target market so you've definitely been able to make your rounds and just like take a little bit from each you know each experience which is great so you have that leverage on a lot of a lot of people so I also wanted to know I feel like people they say like they fell in love with fashion and they um you know a lot of people they do start how you started just kind of like working their way up in the industry and um you know designing for other brands so what gave you that courage to say like no, I want to focus right now on my own brand and like just hone in on that and have that be my main focus. Like what gave you that push to do that? Well, actually, mini confession here. I still do design for another company, another manufacturer. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I do both right now. Um, it's probably more part time with them and more full time with my brand. But right. um, I just never... I felt like the experience that I was getting from working was helping me contribute to, you know, my brand. And, you know, being that I funded my brand on my own, everything that I made from that would go back into my brand. So, you know, I don't recommend that people just take a leap and jump and just not have any sort of plan or, or backup plan or any sort of like continuous like revenue. I think it's it's kind of smart to kind of like feel fill out the industry first and then kind of get your feet wet and then see, you know, if that's something that you can do full time. So as of right now, I'm transitioning into my brand full time, but I never stopped working. So I was doing both, which was that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I was doing both full time. So right now it's more part time with the other company and then full time with my brand. So I'd say within the next few months, it'd be completely full time with my brand. But I just think it was smart for me to do it that way because even designing for another company, it was still contributing to my own brand also. So I was right. able to learn and get a feel for the industry and see like what people wanted to buy. So I felt like it was kind of a blessing that I've had that opportunity to still work for other companies and have my brand. And so, you know, I just kept doing both. Um, but as of right now, I'm definitely making that transition to full time. So I definitely recommend that people kind of, you know, play, play it by ear and, and, make sure you have a strong backup plan and some sort of, you know, 
plan in place yeah. before you just leap. And I know a lot of people say, just leap and do it, but I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you said that, actually. Um, I'm glad that you said that because I think a lot, especially right now on social media with us watching some of these brands, it seems like they're coming from nothing and just being becoming like an overnight success. Mm-hmm. But I think it is smart to have a plan because one, like that's not for everybody. And you have to know also mentally what you can handle as well. Like some people, they like structure, they like stability, they like being able to learn from one place and slowly but surely at their own pace, like apply what it is that they're learning. So yeah, yeah. I love that you said that because I do feel like that is kind of the cliche thing. Like, no, just forget everything. Just drop everything and go full force with it. And for some people that does work, uh-huh. but at the end of the day, like you never know what can happen. You never know what hiccups can happen. And you do want to be able to make your first, cause you're going to fail at something like it's enough. Yeah. So you want yeah, to be sure. able to have something, you know, in the works while you're figuring out those lessons and like, you know, failing along yeah. the way. So I definitely, I love that you said that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the industry fashion is a, a pretty fickle industry. Like, you know, one minute you can be on top and then the next minute you're not. So very much so. <laughs> I just, I just hate that, you know, like, especially with social media, it's like this, this quick, quick, rich thing. Like when people start a line and instant success overnight and it's not that at all. I just really want people to be realistic when it comes to those sort of things. And as long as you have a good plan, then you can definitely make it happen. Yeah, I agree. I definitely 100% agree. I feel the same way. Like, as a stylist, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, too, with with just the whole industry as a whole, but especially just with certain niche um, career paths. Like, I remember um, a few months ago, I had a young lady, she had um, DM'd me, and I love receiving, like, DMs because, you know, I love to hear, I love to hear what I can work on. I love to hear you know, just exchange stories with other people who are networking and who are in my field. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was a student and she basically was like, you have my dream job. Like I was wondering if you could like make my dreams come true too. And I was just like, that's not like, like that's not realistic. (laughs) Like that's just not really how it is. Like it's the, it's an uphill climb for everybody. Like I'm still trying to make my own dreams come true. Yeah. (laughs) It's constantly, I think sometimes people hit, see you hit certain milestones And they assume that you've made it or that you've arrived and that, you know, that you're living a certain way. But like it really is for everybody on every level. Like it's always something that somebody else is aspiring to or it's always a level that people don't know that you haven't even hit yet. And, you know, that's you know, that's just a part of the industry. You're right. Fickle is the right word for the industry. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I have no problems with being transparent. I'm like, I know fashion, you know, this seems great and, you know, the glamour and the money, but it's, it's tough. So it tough. I, I just, you know, always, you know, and it's important that I just let everybody know, like, you know, the, the, the ins and out of the industry and, you know, the, the bad with the good. So yeah, transparency is really important to me when it comes to like how my brand has gotten launched. So good. Okay. So speaking of your brand, um, I want to ask you, I feel like I know from just looking at your designs, like I know you, you play with a lot of different techniques. Like you like to play with cutouts. You like to incorporate um, vibrant colors and prints. So how would you describe your aesthetic and like, who would you say is your target client as far as your brand goes and like describe the lifestyle of the type of women that you feel like you design for? Um, Well, when I first started, I kind of just would, my first collection was all black and white. Of course, I'm obsessed with black and white. So I I just decided to design pieces that 
I would want to wear and things that I like gravitated towards. And then after that first collection, I think it kind of started to evolve and, and just recently as, as a result from being on the show, it's even more clearly defined than what it was before. I think I designed for the woman who she's definitely feminine and she's not afraid to be feminine. I think that's kind of like, you know, kind of a taboo thing yeah. sometimes like, Oh, too, too feminine is, is people take it as being soft right. or weak or something like that. But I like to make sure my designs are really feminine because I like to always have like a, a slight edge to them. So they're like strong. Yes. And I know just from working in the industry that you don't have to really over design or reinvent things to make them too complicated to where they're like, people don't understand it. People want to still traditional silhouettes they want to still like you know see something and understand how it fits but then with something with a slight twist to it or a slight edge and so that's how I kind of like approach all of my collections and the pieces that I design um I always kind of like describe like if like Bianca Jagger and like J-Lo had a baby like that's the woman (laughs) that's the woman that I'm dressing like I love Bianca Jagger like she has all these cool suits and She's just so ultra feminine, but also cool. And then, of course, J-Lo is like glammed all up and sexy and just amazing. So when I see like, yeah, when I saw some of your pieces, because I have seen, of course, your pieces on the show Um, for me. That's how I found out about you from watching Making the Cut. But of course, Mm -hmm. you know, as the season, as the episodes kept going, as the season went on, I'm like, okay, I need to see some more about this girl. I need to find out some more about her. (laughs) She's my favorite. (laughs) So I was on your Instagram and I saw a couple pieces that now that you say J-Lo, I can definitely see J-Lo rocking. I think it's called the Leopard Goddess Gown, I want to say it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That piece. It's like you have like a golden set with like cutouts in the middle. It's like a trouser set and it's like a metallic gold. I can definitely see J-Lo rocking that. Like, so I feel like your target, like audience, the people you chose is like perfect. And I feel like it's just a matter of time, definitely. Um, So... I wanted to also talk about, I like to always ask designers, just because the industry is changing so much, do you feel like it's shifting in your favor as, you know, as an individual, or do you feel like it's becoming harder for you to um, really achieve the things you want to in the the industry? Um, To answer that question, I would say yes and no. Okay. The reason why I would say yes is because I feel like just you know, in the recent years, like black designers are actually starting to get the recognition that we deserve, you know, and I feel like for so long, you know, we kind of were under the radar, you know, there's all these amazing brands and, and designers and no one would get the recognition for it. And so I think it's in that regard, like it is becoming easier for us to, to start our brands and have the courage to actually do it and put our work out there. The downside to that is I feel like a lot of other designers and other brands kind of steal from our culture and our creativity. Talk about it. Talk about it. And kind of make it their own without giving us the proper credit for it. Do you see that with our hairstyles, the way we dress, pop culture, music, everything? And so it is good that we are getting the recognition that we deserve, but not in the way that we're necessarily supposed to get it. And it's not like we're getting credit for originating or starting things that, you know, we've been doing for years and these designers have been working for years and these brands have existed for years. And it's just, it's just unfortunate that, you know, as a, as a black designer, like we're kind of, you know, we get, we get robbed, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, I just know, 
firsthand, just my personal experience, I can kind of see it with myself and other designers too. And it's just, it's just unfortunate. But the good thing about that is that people are recognizing that, you know, black designers have a strong voice and, you know, we have something to contribute to the industry. And I think that it's changing and I hope that it keeps evolving to where we do get the credit and recognition. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I feel like basically what you're saying is like, the creations are getting celebrated, but not the creators. And I feel like that exactly. is like, it's such an interesting era to watch play out because to watch it go from, you know, like you said, us not being recognized at all. And then um, to, to now where like so many of our, um, our things that just come so natural to us, bamboo earrings, slick down edges, all of these things, like, all yeah. of these, like <laughs> staples um, that we've just been doing for so long, finally getting recognized. And then, when we speak out about them, you know, being um, either about people either being culture vultures or people being um, not at least giving credit when it's due is almost like a, mm-hmm. well, you should be grateful we're even celebrating it at all. Like, you should be grateful that it's even yeah. a part of the conversation. Um, yeah. And I think it's great that, you know, that, you know, other brands and designers are, you know, taken from us. I think it's amazing. Like, I love it. I just wish that more designers and more brands got the proper recognition and I think you know a turning point for that is like Virgil like you see how you know he's just taken off and I think that's kind of like the start of us actually you know being recognized and I love to see like kind of like you I love to see designers um work for certain brands and design for certain brands and then they become um people in positions where you're able to see their point of view more clearly because I feel like that Uh kind of also makes the lines more clear because a lot of times you see certain things and you think that this designer did it first but really it was um that the ideas of a young black designer or young black you know intern who worked their way up to be on the design team and that's the influence you've been seeing for years you just didn't know and so that person was put into position to really show that so I love that that's, yeah I love that that's something that we're able to see now um yeah for sure but yeah it's it's a catch-22 it's it's good size to it and it's bad size to it as with everything else um so I definitely wanted to transition into because speaking of of just I guess you could say inequality or um, lack of people who deserve it getting credit. Girl, I had to tell you, like. (laughs) (laughs) I already know where you're going. (laughs) I'm saying, like, watching this show, I was so triggered. Like, I know we talked about it a little bit. um, And people always recommend shows. I, I think, I don't know. If this was a show, my uncle had recommended me another show, which made me triggered. It was on Netflix. It's called Next in Fashion. Um, yeah, yeah. Great show. Great quality um, designers and, like, great points of view, but was still triggered. This one, I was especially triggered. <laughs> um, so, But, like, people always recommend these shows to me, and I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, fashion is my sport. It's my football. So, like... I get too emotionally <laughs> invested watching these shows and like I really be ready to throw my phone at the TV. And that's basically what happened this season on season one of <laughs> Making the Cut. Um, and don't get me wrong, so many talented designers, different points of view. But mm-hmm. I just felt like seeing you, honestly, and seeing, well, you and a few others, but especially you, um, seeing you and seeing your progress throughout the show. 
I understand, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, doing things for shock value and in, te- in television, you know, it's television. So I think sometimes you'll see someone and you'll be rooting for them because you know they deserve it. And then they'll just do something different just for the sake of doing something different for the sake of shock value. Um, but I also yeah. think other things play into that. And it really frustrates me to see um, people like yourself who have built built brands from the ground up and who are positioning themselves to to win and then see people do half of that or less than half of that and still get <laughs> certain opportunities. So um, I want to get into your experience on making the cut. You guys who, if you guys have not watched the show, definitely make sure you watch it. Um, it features Tim Gunn, Heidi Klum, Naomi Campbell, Nicole Richie, and the list goes on. Um, and a bunch of really dope, really talented designers, um, including Miss Megan. So I wanted to talk to you, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about your experience just just overall just whatever your true thoughts are and your feelings on the show and how it has um affected you um well first and foremost like the being able to just be on the show in general was like a a dream come true and it was such an amazing opportunity and i didn't really understand the weight of it until i actually was there and you know in the thick of the competition and we actually didn't weren't aware of the judges and the the caliber of these people oh, wow. that's on the show. So we were surprised, like we were genuinely surprised when we found out who the judges were gonna be and the competition and everything. So just being able to, you know, travel to Paris and Tokyo and compete on these amazing runways that, you know, they created and had these amazing like inspiration, like right. surrounding the city and like to do just to be there and, and to be in that moment and to do that was like seriously a dream come true. And, you know, Amazon really put a lot into developing the show. Yeah. And it, it was just an amazing experience to where I think we all left transformed. Um, being there, I definitely went in thinking like, um, the first challenge, I kind of wanted to fill everybody out and see, you know, what I was up right. against. And then after the after the first challenge, I was like, "Oh, okay, I got it." Like, <laughs> I was a bit cocky in the beginning. I will say this, but then I also was very intimidated because I'm a new brand. I've yeah. only had my brand for like you know three years, and these people were coming in and had stores right. and this huge following and all these followers, and then you know I was just like an underdog, and I think there was maybe. A few other designers, I know Sander for sure is a young designer mm-hmm. and his brand is relatively new, but that kind of started to get toward to me towards the middle of the competition. But I just knew that I would make it really far if not win. Right. I knew that early on and I knew that going into the competition and I just really wanted to work as hard as I could and soak up every opportunity that came even from the critiques and the everything. I just wanted to like do my best on every challenge and I'm really proud of what I did because I there was never a time where I sent something down the runway where I was just like yeah I don't know proud of it yeah I loved everything that I did and I was so glad that I pushed myself as hard as I did I do feel like I didn't get the recognition that I deserved especially especially just seeing thinking back to all the challenges and seeing how hard I worked and how hard I pushed myself and I just think that you know I at least should have won one or two of those challenges and it it just was unfortunate that I didn't get that opportunity but as a result what I've gained from that experience and from the show is way greater than any monetary like value that could come from that like I've received so much support and 
so many people reaching out to me and, you know, just saying that, you know, they could see how hard I worked and they could see my work ethic and they can see my talent. And that alone was enough for me because I felt like I'd been working in the industry for so long and I never was recognized for, you know, my hard work and my value. And I think at that moment, even though I didn't make it to the final three, I think that last moment is where I felt seen and heard. And it's just nice to know that viewers felt the same way as well. Yes. So while it, it did suck that I didn't make it to the final three and I didn't win any challenges, I think what I gained from that in that moment could like succeed anything I could imagine. And so I'm taking all of that with me and putting it to my brand and, and moving forward. And I'm really excited for the future. Well, let me just say, I totally agree. You should have won a couple of them challenges. Um, <laughs> but um, your attitude about it is so positive. And I think that's what's going to keep you pushing and keep your momentum up. Because mm -hmm. um, even though, you know, just watching these shows, I don't, I pay attention to the work, of course, first. But I also pay attention to the work ethic. And I think um, your work ethic and your attitude and like you just having your head down working and not complaining and not having, uh, you know, not having a moment where you just let whatever it is you were feeling at the time affect your quality of your work on that runway. Like yeah, that speaks yeah. volumes and people are going to remember that. I was just talking to my friend the other day. She didn't know about the show. She saw me posting about it. Um, so many people don't even know about the show yet. You know that how, I know. That's how it is yeah. like on a like <laughs> on a streaming platform now. That's how we watch our TV. So it's like people get put onto stuff late, and people are gonna watch you, and they're gonna be like, you're gonna gain so much, so many more um, yeah. fans, and so many more supporters of your brand, and so many more customers and clients just from watching not only your work ethic. I mean, not only your work, but just your work ethic and your attitude throughout the entire show. So I definitely yeah. agree. Yeah, for sure. And I think just for you to even for you to even be able to meet people like Naomi I can tell Naomi she was feeling it when you left like, yeah <laughs> yeah she's she's amazing and as if we didn't already like love her just right. from you know who she is and what she's done and contributed to the industry and her being a legend like how could you even not love her even more yeah just in that moment and you know it really caught me off guard and it, it like touched me and it it was kind of like the the best send off ever. Yeah. Like that's all I needed was for someone like her to say, you know, you got this. You're gonna you're gonna do great. And that was enough in that moment for me. And it was just really important for me to be on the show and represent. I knew that I was the only black woman right. there. And so it was really important for me to go on the show and, you know, represent us well and, and you know, be be professional and, you know, do us proud and and I'm just really grateful for the experience and I think I I did exactly what I came to do so you definitely you definitely did um I just I was proud of you I know like this was my first time coming oh thank you just, like you said <laughs> I love to see um us being represented so well and yes because we it's so many times where we're not represented yeah. well especially when it comes to reality tv <sighs> and Oh, I cannot go on and on <laughs> about that. And it just makes me cringe because I just know we're so better yeah. than that. So much better than that. And especially black women, you know, we so dynamic yes. and so talented and so educated. And just, I just really wanted to make sure I, I did us proud. And so I, I'm just grateful for that. Yes. Well, you definitely did. And I just think, like I said, this is just the beginning for you. I do like to talk 
um, with just women of color, designers of color, Black women in general, because um, we, we see a bunch of people talking about different ways now that we can propel ourselves forward because a lot of us mm-hmm. are tired of begging for a seat at the table and a lot of people are Ooh, yes, about- girl. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it, Lord. Yeah, so like a lot of us, you know, we've been talking about networking across and so on and so forth. What are some ways you feel like will actually um, practically push us forward as Black women in fashion? Definitely my biggest thing is to always pay it forward. Okay. Like when I first started, you know, my brand and I didn't have a lot of money for photo shoots, you know, I would always choose models that, you know, had potential and that were up and coming. And I would always make sure that I would work with them and give them like these amazing photos without, you know, you know, like I would pay them also, but. I just wanted to give them the opportunity to have like some amazing photos or to actually work. And same with photographers. I think it's just, we just always have to operate in the mindset that, you know, we're helping each other and we're paying it forward. And, and however that could be done, like if it's for, you know, their services or knowledge or whatever. And that's something that I've always done and I still continue to do as I'm building my brand. So I think that's definitely number one for us. Yes. I definitely agree. I think um, that's something I'm passionate about as well. Just trying to, even just with my own business transactions, because I, I know a lot of us, we sometimes we reach out to people and um, we want to work with them and we want to network across, but we we assume a lot of things. Like, you know, I would love to see us um, actually investing in each other more, investing in our services, hiring each other more, and not all yeah. everything is free. And I feel like that is what's going to push the whole, just, change the narrative overall. I think that that's something we owe each other first. Um, So I 100% agree. I think also one thing that I've noticed is, you know, growing up in like representation is something that like a lot of people talk about. And I think that people still sleep on like how important it is to to be to see yourself, you know, especially if you're trying to, if you say that your target client is this type of person but nobody in your in your campaigns or anything like that looks like them like oh yes (laughs) so yeah and I I definitely wanted to make sure that I I showed that on the show too like I always made sure I had like maybe a traditional runway size model but then I also had a a real woman with curves and that's not like 5'11 and a size four like and I and I do that with my shoots too I make sure that I do have you know ethnic models like as well as white models like I love like just representing women as a whole and I think it's important to do to do that as a designer especially if that's your your the core of your customer and to be honest like I think that should be everybody's approach when it comes to fashion because you know we're the people that's buying it. Yes. So, and that's really important. So I want to ask you too, like, where are you originally from? Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, I'm a Midwestern girl. So yeah, but I moved to LA shortly after college and I've been here ever since. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Like, how have you been able to, um, what was that transition like? Did you have support moving to chase your dreams? Or? Oh, girl, no, I didn't have <laughs> no support. <laughs> I came here, visited one time, and I knew for fashion, if I wanted to be a designer, it was either here or New mm-hmm. York. And New York was a little bit more expensive, and I didn't wasn't really digging the weather. And I came here to L.A. to visit a few times, and I fell in love. And oh. then 
I went back home and I just decided I'm going to move to LA and do it. And I, I remember coming here with like $700 and <laughs> sold all my furniture in my place and told my mom, look, I'm leaving. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, what I'm going <laughs> to get here. But I, I had an apartment in place and a job in place before I came here, which was great. But yeah, I came here with literally hardly anything and just kind of worked my way up. And then I remember going to a career fair at the California Mart for fashion design graduates. And, you know, that's how I got my first job with just my portfolio from college. Wow. And it was rough for the first five or six years. I was definitely broke most of the yeah. time. And, you know, I had a couple of roommates and didn't work out and things like that. So it was a lot of hustling and definitely a lot of hustling. But I just knew that I was every time I would think about, you know, going home or something didn't work out something would work out yeah. and it would keep me here. And that's how I knew that this was the place I needed to be. And I just kept working from then on up. And, you know, now this is home and this is where I've built my life and my brand. And yeah, it was, it was the best move I probably would have ever made. And I really encourage people to do that. Now I may not say like quit your job and start your <laughs> business, but if you want to move somewhere and do something, do it because there's never going to be the right time. That's so true. I will say that that's, that's probably you know, the best move. So no, you're right. I, I think um, I saw a quote, it's been surfacing around Instagram for a little bit now, especially during like the pandemic. Um, people were talking about like how there's no real right time, it's just time and what you choose to do with it. And I found uh -huh. that to be so true. Like, I know sometimes you talk yourself out of things, you know, saying that you want, you know, you want it to be the right time. It's not the right time yet. I still need to grow, but you really don't grow until you grow, like until you start and then, yes. you, you know, you go from there. Um, but you did a little bit of both. So you got have some balance. You kind of took a leap of faith, but you also had a plan. So I think that yeah. balance is so important too. like just having just having that passion, but also having a level head is what I'm even finding in my own journey is something that's so important. Yeah, for sure. And I just encourage everybody just there's never going to be a right time to do to start anything. Just do it. Like have a plan and do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I also wanted to get into speaking of the pandemic. So, of course, so I did a whole episode last week about just different ways I felt like we could support our favorite brands during this time because, of course, it affected uh -huh. the fashion industry, both large on a large scale and even small fashion businesses. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like how if it has affected your business at all, what are some of the ways it has and what are some of the ways you've been like trying to overcome those challenges? Well, it's definitely affected my business. Um the first thing, well, since the show aired at the, right at the start of the pandemic, yeah. you know, I got this huge following, which wow. as a result, I had a huge increase in orders. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I'm yes. not complaining. But at the same time, because of the pandemic, my manufacturer and a lot of the fabric suppliers are closed. Mm. So I have all these orders that I need to fill and some of it's pre-order, but then again, I'm, I'm short on resources on how to do it. So I had to get really creative within the last couple of weeks and actually get out there and, and figure out ways how to like fill these orders. So, you know, I have a, a, a small team that's helping me and I did find a manufacturer that is actually still working. Oh, so I'm able, yeah, I'm able to produce stuff that way. And then I did find a few fabric suppliers that are still opening. And then some of the stuff that I can't find, I've just been ordering online and mm -hmm. like, you know, having it rush ship, which is really expensive, but 
you just really have to get creative on how to keep your business afloat. And I know a lot of designers are actually making masks and selling masks too, which I'm doing that as well. Okay. So yeah. it definitely seems like I've been working harder since the pandemic <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I have been, but you really have to get creative to, you know, keep moving forward. And I think that's what I've had to do. So while it isn't fun working twice as hard now, but it, in order to maintain and sustain yourself, you do have to find creative ways to do those things. So, I mean, that's a blessing and, you know, it's, it was a dilemma, but it is kind of a blessing in disguise, but it definitely speaks yeah. to, you know, your, like I said, your work ethic girl, your character to step up to the plate, because I think um, right now, a lot of people are feeling like, you know, they're not working. So they're a little more yeah. in relaxed mode, but for a lot of us, we're like, oh, what's next? no, no, like, no. <laughs> yeah, girl, I could never be in relaxed mode. I, I wish that, you know, it's, it's a lot of designers that are like, oh, no, I'm not taking any orders. Like, wait till yeah. after. I was like, oh, no, we about to figure this shit out. <laughs> no, like, oh, I'm like, you want to what? Okay, we'll make it pre-order. Give me a couple of weeks and I'm going to ship this to you. Like, you know what yes. I'm saying? Like, I just, I feel like any opportunity that happens right now, like, you have to strike while the iron's hot. And I think that as a result, there are a lot of brands that aren't doing things and still working and releasing collections. Like you can capitalize on that space that's, you know, vacant. So that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I mean, it is a lot, a lot more work and it's, you got to get really creative and, you know, it may end up being a little bit more expensive mm -hmm. in the long run, but like to keep your business and your brand afloat, you got to keep moving forward. And I just don't believe in, you know, just giving up just giving up or saying I can't do it or taking, you know, using this time to just take off, which is nothing wrong with resting. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not saying that, but for me, my brand is, is really important to me and it's first and foremost right now. So that's why I'm, I've been keeping it pushing. So. Yes. Amen to the same <laughs> over here. It's been, it is it's definitely um, like just getting creative is definitely the main thing. That's just, I feel like want to keep a lot of people afloat and just like, Focusing on when you what you can't what you can do because I think yeah. it's so easy right now to think about everything that we can't do and I found myself even having my days where I'm thinking about that and like feeling kind of trapped in but like sometimes like I was talking about in my last episode a lot of times when you're your most desperate is also when you're you're your most creative so oh absolutely and like that has been like I've had so many ideas and you know I've just really stocked up and prepared myself to like, you know, create new collections and I have all these things in work. And so it's been really exciting to see what's come from it. And I'm not gonna lie in the beginning, I was a bit bummed. So I'm just like, how am I supposed to do all of this and keep my brand afloat? But yeah, this, this is a time where people actually like flourish mm -hmm. and you can kind of see, you know, it can kind of, you can kind of tell who are the people that actually want to succeed in this time and you know you have to get creative so yeah exactly yeah so before we wrap up um I wanted to ask you two more things so first what is your biggest accomplishment you feel so far and also what is your biggest disappointment in your design journey um my biggest accomplishment so far I would say being on the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, to be chosen globally out of, you know, hundreds and thousands of designers that apply like that within itself was so surreal. And 
as I was auditioning, I, I kind of was just like, okay, you know, if it's for me, it's for me. I'm not going to put too much into it. But to actually get that call and say that I'm on the show and, you know, I'm one of 12, like it was amazing. So that definitely is my biggest accomplishment. And as far as my disappointments, I actually don't have any. Wow. <laughs> I have no disappointments. I mean, I've came here, moved here, and I've done exactly what I planned to do. And, you know, with every job that I've had and every opportunity, I just made sure I soaked up as much as I could and that could apply to my line. So as of now, I don't have any any disappointments. If anything, I wish I would have branched out and started my line sooner. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't believe in living with regrets or anything like that. So, yeah. Girl, I love your attitude. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm a girl. My birthday's tomorrow. I'm a tourist. What? Oh, my gosh. Happy yes. birthday. Thank you. It's Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday. Yes. Girl, <laughs> you working hard, like, right before your birthday, I'm pretty sure. What Are you, are you working tomorrow, or is tomorrow going to be the day yes. off? Yeah, I'm I'm only working till, like, one, though. I'm going to, like, stop early, and I'm going to have me some tacos and some margaritas. <laughs> I'm going to get dressed up, walk around my apartment, and think I'm somewhere out yes. at a bar or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday. I hope you enjoy Thank your you. day, even though you're working. But I know that's, that's in your nature. Um, yeah. You're such a hard worker, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you and your brand. Um. Thank you. You are welcome. I wanted to also ask you before you go, how would you say you want to be remembered as a brand? Like, what do you want to say is will be your legacy? Oh, girl, that's a good question. <laughs> hmm. Oh, you got me there. Let me think about that one for a second. Sure. That was a good question. Um, you know what? It, I just immediately thought of like Diane von Kutzenberg for some reason, mm. just because I love her brand. And I think that, you know, that's the way she's built her brand and who she is as a woman is something that I aspire to. And then I just just immediately thought of the title of her book that I recently read is like the woman I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So I think for my legacy, for my brand, I would just want everyone to remember me as a designer and my brand as somebody that, that that didn't try to be any other brand that didn't try to follow all the trends and the fads or whatever that was authentically herself I love it I love it yeah so that that's kind of what I would like to be remembered for so I love it and I think you and DVF I think you guys have that um that femininity in common that yeah. timelessness so yeah and I just really admire her and what she's built and yeah, I just love it. So that's, that's something that, that that's kind of how I inspire my brand to be. So. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. You have given some amazing answers, some amazing insight. Thank you so much for taking the time to chop it up with me. Um, no problem. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yes, it was definitely <laughs> fun getting to know you. Um, definitely let the people know where they can find you on social media and that'll be a wrap. Um, so my brand page is at shop underscore Megan Renee. And then my personal brands kind of hard to find me. I, I need to change my <laughs> name, but it's, it's two underscores Megan <laughs> Renee and then three underscores. So it's a lot of Megan Renee's in this world. I couldn't get, <laughs> get a cool handle, but, um, yeah. And then my, my line is, um, shop So you can see my collections and pieces and, 
we're going to be adding some fun stuff to that soon. So yeah, give me a shout out and follow me. I would love that. Yes, you guys definitely go shop some of that. Megan Renee, her collections are a bomb. Y'all going to love it. Ah, thank you. No <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Style with Shara, and I will talk to y'all soon.